1: Let's see. Here's the notes. Uh, JD, plug in your headphones so you don't record the other guests. You idiot. There we go. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cold Pop podcast live stream, a.k.a. spoiler alert, where we talk about and review the past week's comics, as well as sprinkle in a little flavor of pop culture happenings. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, and I'm the owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA. It's inserted aggressively into the beating heart of Maniunk. Uh, You could say that I am the beating heart of Maniunk. No one else in Maniunk will say that, but only because they don't want to admit it. With me this week is the lover and fighter, Len, the Bat-Tribble.
0: Tell the people things. Hey, how you doing, everybody? what's up i hope everybody is having a gorgeous fantastic sunday morning and i'm ready to review comic books and more oh my gosh
1: that's nice
0: uh so good the gushing fountain of joy
1: that is brian lieb is taking off this week but here to seal that leak with his dour hot takes is joel joel no
2: no i I know
1: tell the people something
2: I usually have my name on the screen. I'm sorry. Um, uh, my coffee's too hot and I burnt it. My lip. Wait, did you burn the coffee or your lip? I mean, where does the coffee start? And my lips end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how to answer that question. <laughs>
1: uh, I, oh, oh, my disc is too slow or my system overloaded. So GarageBand stopped recording. That's cool. Uh, I guess I just pressed record again. We'll see how that goes. There you go. Uh, We got an editor. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Also, hi, Andrew, editor. Everyone say hi. 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 Today, we're going to review some books, but then we're going to talk about this week's streaming events of the year, (laughs) Invincible, (laughs) the cartoon, and the Falcon and Winter Soldier live action extravaganza. Uh, In the notes here, I have letters block for me to read the letters. Sadly... We have no letters. So I guess we'll move on to the comics block of the show. Mm. And we're going to start with Alien number one, which uh, for anyone who doesn't know Alien, the Alien franchise and the Peter franchise, the comic books for those French cheese is uh, they used to be Dark Horse. For the longest time, they had Alien and Predator, and they did the Alien versus Predator comics, and they've just been doing comics for decades, I think, as, as far as those two um, are concerned. And then I don't know the full story, but Dark Horse Comics was chugging along just fine, and it put out the Alien original script graphic novel series, which was really cool, where they took the Dan O'Bannon script for Alien, which wasn't actually filmed, and they created a comic book miniseries on that, which I thought was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And they were about to do the same thing for Predator, the original script. And then Marvel now has Alien and Predator printing rights for the comic books. I'm not quite sure how that happened, uh, but it seemed like Dark Horse was doing all right and they had plans. And then Marvel was like, nah, dog, we got plans now, son. So uh, Marvel is just this week put out Alien number one written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Salvador LaRocca. And Diamond Distributors has this to say. The iconic, the iconic. The iconic cinematic terror <laughs> makes its Marvel debut. Gabriel Cruz gave his life to Waylon Yutani. In the case of an alien attack, he barely survived, almost literally. Um well, okay, we'll get back to that. Recently retired, Cruz is trying to patch things up with his abandoned son with the help of his friend, a bishop model android. But his re entry into civilian life is not going smoothly. And his encounters with the deadly xenomorph, xenoph- motherfuck. his encounters with the deadly xenomorph <laughs> are far <laughs> from over. So, uh, words are new to me, as uh, I'm sure you can hear. Uh, but we're just going to plow through it. Uh, th- all right. So, either of you gentlemen, co hosts, Lan and Noel, we've been seeing the name Philip Kennedy Johnson a lot in the past couple of weeks. Who is he? Anyone know why we're seeing this a lot? Like, where does he have his origins? No.
2: Origins, I'm not exactly sure, but um, the first thing I read of his was, oddly enough, um, someone requested that we review The Last God, which was a black label book from over a year ago. And Brian and I dug the shit out of it and read like six in a row. Um, and it was very good. And then since then, just kind of earmarking where his name is. Um, he did he did the Marvel Zombies Resurrection, which was really, really fun. He did um, He's done a bunch of stuff for DC here and there. But he was, I started seeing his name a lot on solicited books. But then I started seeing it even more when they were talking about um, post-Death Metal in DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was writing a bunch of uh, Future State books. And they were talking about how all of these newer writers are being ushered into D.C. as what was going to be 5G kind of thing. So he ended up taking, (laughs) yeah, Kennedy Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. He is the first heir of Kennedy Johnson. But like the amalgam of the two in a test tube. But um, you had asked or mentioned earlier before what happened at Dark Horse and Marvel and blah, blah, blah. It was because Disney bought Fox, bought all of their intellectual property. And 20th Century Fox yeah, exactly. owns Alien and and Predator, so they allowed they allowed series that were already ongoing to finish. So like that Alien three comic and and whatnot, but anything whether it was previously solicited or not that wasn't yet that wasn't yet published um, got pulled. Which was going to be that really cool looking Predator original screenplay comic. Maybe someday it'll come back, but like at least Disney or sorry Marvel, <laughs> same thing. At least Marvel is. They're going through the reprinting of all of the Dark Horse stuff. So, like, in two weeks, they've got an Aliens omnibus of all the original Dark Horse um, content in, like, a big old collected edition. So, like, that stuff's not going away. It's just being reprinted. Yeah. Sub-question. Yes. Did you guys read any or care about the
1: Alien or Predator comics other than the uh, famous... um, crossovers like Batman Predator and Superman Alien, uh, just the regular comic series. Did you guys ever dip into those Dark Horse books? Yeah, you did? No? I d-
2: yeah, I definitely did. Um, um, my brother had a dalliance with comic books for about five seconds when he was like 15 and I was 10. Mm. Um, and he got all of the image and Dark Horse stuff that just looked rad. So I read a bunch of Dark Horse uh, Comics Presents where all of those uh, Predator and Alien kind of short stories were. Um, and they were dope. They were really, really cool. I had just, like, and if I was 10 years old, that means I had just kind of brought the courage to watch the two movies, Alien and Aliens. So, uh, yeah, I thought they were fantastic. I've never revisited them, and maybe since they're reprinting them, I will, but they look cool. It's yeah, a shame that we're, gonna...
1: we're not going to get reprints of the ones I just mentioned. yeah. Yeah, we DC uh,
2: you know the DC heroes. Oh Brilliant. those ones, no. No, no, no. no. That would never be dope.
1: Know. Like I wanna I want the Green Lantern Alien book. I want the Superman Alien book. Batman versus Predator, one, two, and three. Hell yeah. I
0: never read the Green Lantern one, but um, It was Kyle. Ba- Batman versus Predator was epic. Yeah. And the Superman Alien one was really, really good. Because that yeah. was um that was the one time I liked Dan Jurgens arc and that's because it was it was inked by Kevin Nolan who basically redraws everybody so it really wasn't <laughs> Dan Turkins it was just it was Kevin Nolan's book mm-hmm. so yeah that 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 was that was cool
2: i do you guys remember the the dc day, like the the paul levitt's dc days where it was just like a handshake and you could do a crossover yeah like I just don't piss shit. them off. just don't piss them off and you're fine. Now it's yep. conglomerates and co- corporations making all kinds of multi tiered contractual deals to just have a shadow of a character from a different like Yeah it sucks. Sucks.
1: Um All right. Well yeah. what did you guys think of Alien Number One by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Salvador La Roca?
0: Len. <coughs> Why did why the deep sigh on Salvador Roca? You just catching your breath, or are you trying to say something?
1: Uh, mm, uh, what did you think,
0: Len? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was. I mean, it, it, having not really delved into that world um, via comics, you know, it, it was like it was interesting. It was definitely it. it, it I had no skin in the game. It's not, it's an interesting looking comic book. There's a little bit of an uncanny valley with the way that the, the, the characters yep. are, are depicted that really just, I just, uh, it was just, I couldn't connect to what was going on because they just looked so fake. It's just, it's just, it just really just, it, the story was interesting enough, I guess, but the artwork just really looks, um, it, and it just really, it's not bad art. It's just so cold and unfeeling um, and so st- static. It's just very static. And I just really couldn't get into it. But to be fair, I just, I, I'm someone who never really gets into any type of licensed property comic book. Very few hmm. of them actually really interest me at all. Fair. Um, so, you know, I'm the the wrong subject for this, but trying to take it in and just appreciate it on its own on its on its merit as just a comic book, it just felt very sterile to me.
2: You know, I used to, I used to very much be like that. Like, um, I, I probably just, a uh, uh, habit of comic reader, our age, intellectual property comics were always usually terrible because That's they true. would spend, they would spend so much money on getting the license mm-hmm. and not investing really any money on the arts or the creative team and just like churning shit out because they have to make a profit immediately. Right. But I think in the last five to 10 years, a places have like a a lot of publishers have actually really put in the work, you know, like GI Joe, uh, is a great comic now, um, has been for years, actually. That's a terrible example, but I think, um, the biggest turn for me was probably, um, star Wars with at Marvel. Mm. Like they put top tier creative on that and just really went for it. And they, they're just like good comics now. Um, so I had hopes for this of all right, take an IP. A lot of people love it, cherish it, throw some talent at it and see what happens. Um I I liked this, it's a net positive for me. Um, I really like the story. And despite Salvador La Roca's human acting, or how he depicts humans acting, uh, it still worked for me. I still really liked the story enough. You know, I like the idea of Um, colonial Marine who's been through something and we don't exactly know what yet uh, gets to retire alive, uh, trying to reconnect with his son, but his son just so happens to be a um, environmental terrorist who might unleash something. I think that's a great setup.
1: Um, I was just sharing this to uh, Facebook. So Yeah, uh, I agree with Len, and I also agree with Noel. Uh, Len, I I don't usually get into, or I did not used to get into properties from other things, like licensed properties, uh, with the exception of occasionally Buffy and Angel. Um, But I was stoked about this because uh, I also was never into Star Wars comic books, speaking Mm -hmm. of licensed properties. Uh, the legend stuff, the stuff that is now designated as legends, I never cared about. I never read it, and so when Marvel took over the Star Wars books, I thought, "Oh, here's a perfect jumping on point." Let me check this out, and I really do. You know, there's dips and you know peaks and valleys with the different series from Marvel, but I think overall they try to put their some of their best creative teams on the books, and they really try to make it a quality experience. And I have been enjoying those for the most part since they've uh, started, and. I was excited about alien because I'm a huge alien fan and I'm a huge aliens fan. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, alien three, uh, is, a, is a neat little thing to read about. And, um, um, four was actually, I like, I think more than most people and the Promethean movies, Promethean movies are just whatever. But, um, I was really looking forward to this and I think it is pretty good. I think the problem is, is that as with any alien script, we are introduced to our characters um and then like with jaws eventually we get some alien um horror stuff or action stuff so this really is just a a first issue where we're introduced to some elements and then as it goes i'm sure it's going to get more and more intense but as far as setups go i think that this is really interesting the fact that we have one of the colonial marines and there's a whole scene in here where he's trapped in the nest You know how they sort of like glue them into the nest so that they can get face hugged. And he's got his buddy there who's flipping his shit. The fact that he's like, you know, in clerks, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Uh, Mm. And while that is sort of a funny note, the scene itself is actually quite harrowing. And you do feel bad for this guy. Who's just like, I, I, I'm supposed to be going somewhere with my girl. If I don't get back, she's going to get mad. And like, dude, you're about to get an alien burst out of your chest. Relax. Um, just take it, just accept it. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a really good start to a horror series and they've done something here that we've never seen with the alien franchise. so far. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The thing that I keep saying about Salvador La Roca is exactly what Len said uncanny Valley. It is that sort of the mismatching and how it doesn't quite look human, even though it's trying real hard to look human.
0: Yeah, show um, another page so people, so the people that are watching. Yeah, it's in a, in it's an idea. Of,
2: When it's a scene of talking heads, it's 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 just the way that it's colored. It's like it's like smoothing out uh, people, and it just looks creepy. rough. It does not. I mean, uh, most of the stuff that I've read of, like Salvador La Roca is amazing with tech. He's amazing with with machinery. Um, and all of the stuff that I am able to kind of roll with his, um, that the art just kind of, like, the story overtakes the art, has been stories that heavily involve tech or machinery. So his his run on Doctor Doom was, was great because it didn't rely heavily on talking heads in a room. Uh, his run on Iron Man, same. His run on, um, oh, Darth Vader was great. Yeah. Because it was, the stories over they swerved into his strength. Um, but this first issue has a hell of a lot of two people talking in a room scenes. Yeah. And you just couldn't kind of shy away from it. Um, yeah. I I wish um, I knew
1: more about Salvador's process. Like I can't tell if the faces are traced or not because they're just off enough. The eyes are a little misplaced. Uh, they look a little dead, Um, But then there's scenes where someone's yelling and it looks very much like I just traced a a picture of some, there he is the lower left. Um, It looks like he traced someone who was yelling. Uh, So it's, it's kind of hard. It's a shame because he's the, the work is here. He, this is not lazy art. Like he is spending time on each of these pages, which makes me feel bad about the fact that I don't enjoy it. And I, it produces a visceral reaction in me where every time I see it, I kind of groan, but, It's not for lack of effort. Uh, And the stuff with the xenomorphs is great. And again, you said the technology and everything is wonderful, but it's just... Oh, yeah. um,
2: Somebody... uh, uh, Changing topic. Somebody did ask... uh, Somebody asked me online, um, Hey, uh, is it Disney-fied? Is this this childish garbage? And uh, I referred to the scene where someone gets their face viscerally exploded with a shotgun. This is a rated R parental advisory book. Yeah. So if you were worried about the Mouse House coming in and ruining your horror comics, relax. This yeah. is actually a really, really well done, very violent, in a good way yeah. book. It wasn't, it was um it was shocking like it's supposed to be. It wasn't um just you know murder porn. Yeah, or-
0: well, you know what when people s- start saying that type of stuff, um, I always like to me it doesn't make any sense. Because, whatever you say, whatever you want about the heads at Disney, they know what they have. I mean, they may have a whole bunch of stuff, and there may be stuff left in a corner of of the ninth vault that they forgot about a long a long time ago. But once they find it, they know what they have, and they know how what to do with it. So they know that they had this property from Twentieth Century Fox. They know the fan base for it. They know mm-hmm. what that fan base wants, and they will give that fan base uh, what they want. They know not to, their, their only disney of it may be in the way that they market the IP, you know, thus it's, it's now going to be in comics, and they, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they won't try and do some type of, like, adult animated alien thing as well. But as far as what the content is, they know that what the fans are looking for, and they're going to give it to them. They also know that the Disney brand—that name—is going to be on your more family-friendly type of. Oh yeah, thing.
2: They, they, it's uh,
0: already—it's it, already
2: happening, man. Like they're they're developing an alien show, uh, but it's only for FX. So they're they're segmenting right. all of their properties, but still giving them that like. Disney infrastructure hype mm-hmm. base. Um, right. But yeah, like the they, they announced it last year. They're, they're developing a show with Noah Hawley, the guy that did Legion and right. Fargo. Yeah. That's right. Which sounds yeah. great. I'm in.
1: Uh, action figure expert asks, I wonder if anyone ever drew a picture of Mickey Mouse with a face hugger on him. Well, sure. I, I I might now. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, what I did like about this talking just to go back to the story for a little bit is the fact that we have Bishop who is notoriously a um, AI from the Aliens uh, mm-hmm. sequel? Who uh, is a sort of a love- beloved character, and I like that there are a bunch of him. And this, he is the uh, therapist that this guy is seeing. So not only is he seeing this therapist, who's a Bishop model android, up on the space station that he's coming home from, because mm-hmm. he's tiring. But he's like, oh, I'm going to miss our talks. And Bishop's like, oh, no, I'm going to download all of our conversations to the bishop on earth, another bishop model. And so it'll be like you're talking to the same person. Now, the, the kind of neat thing about that is that even though that happens and has another bishop model, still a different experience for him. Exactly. Which I thought was kind
0: of neat. Yeah, that was cool. Like I said, the story is not bad. It's just that it's the, the disconnection of the art. Just I couldn't. Get invested in it as much as i oh i, oh, I, I get it like. justin goes i wonder if his art would look better in
1: black and white hashtag uh, restore the alien snyder cut <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> alien you know, is maybe. gray maybe because honestly to me it's the it's the color shading that makes it look almost metallic and mannequin
0: it's not necessarily the drawing mm, right. i don't know I, I still, because I, like if you i still think the ahead. acting of the drawing is still very stiff because yeah.
2: if, if to me, when you look at the five o'clock shadows and the cheekbone shadows and stuff, it makes it look smoothed over manufactured, like manufactured or, or inorganically smoothed over. Yeah. As opposed to just a pencil or just a black and white. Yeah. The, no, the no coloring shading. is
1: very aggressive here. Like the colorist is trying real hard to take these drawings by Salvador La Roca and make them feel three dimensional and maybe doing it a bit of a disservice. Even though the palettes are really nice, like the vibrancy of uh, even just this conversation, they're very vibrant, engaging pages as far as the color is concerned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just it creates something that doesn't quite um, um, gel for me.
2: Before but. we move off this book, because I think yes. we're all on the same page. Like despite art issues, we all pretty much enjoyed it and would sample. But uh, before we get off this, I remember when when when. Marvel first got the license property for this and Predator. We had a brief conversation about which creative teams would be cool on these books. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I did not guess Philip Kennedy Johnson and Salvador La Roca or or ask for that. But mm. we still have Predator potentially coming because now they're doing all of the Predator variant covers. And it's just, you know, we're seconds away from them announcing. Oh, they did announce it. Oh, crap. I'm an idiot. It's Ed Brisson. Forget it. There we go. Forget topic. Yeah. They did announce uh, a Predator it, who's issue. Who's the ad. artist? Kev Walker. Yeah, awesome. This sounds great. Kev Walker's awesome.
1: Oh, you know, before we move on real quick, uh, let me, spoiler alert, the name of the show is Spoiler Alert, and so we're going to be spoiling the end of this issue. Basically, on top of the story that we've been talking about, we have completely skipped over the fact that his son is part of a, you can call him a terrorist organization, you can call him a rebel organization, depends on what side you're on. And so they are there to take down Waylon who is this giant corporation that has been trying to weaponize the xenomorph anytime a mm-hmm. uh, xenomorph is, is seen they're like oh let's go study it make bombs out of it you know that sort of thing and so they're trying to take down the um lab and they run into a lab that has xenomorphs in it or at least facehuggers the eggs and so the woman the, the the woman who is in charge of this facility who knows that they have weapons of mass destruction basically um they she encounters the rebels who have been killing killing the employees and her her solution to this is to shut down the facility and release all of the things that are in these cages does that seem like the best idea
2: well she doesn't release she locks the whole place down i don't think wait she releases them they were opening the door and she locks the place down right
1: she, she locked it down. Everything goes red and everything starts bursting out of those containers at that minute. Oh, so I, well. They... My, and she he, he even says so he, she's a little lab assistant. Um, please don't kill us. We'll help you. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes security protocol. Lima, Victor, Echo, Voice Authority, Watkins, Two. The guy behind her goes, please don't, Jackie. Please don't do this. Um. So I can't tell if that was part of the plan. Because he seems terrified, like, please don't murder us with these weapons of mass destruction. Or is it that they kill her for saying the, uh, you know, the commands, and that breaks one of the things behind her? But then what breaks all of the other things behind? You know, I mean, all these glass cases start shattering immediately.
0: Yeah, it's, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. And I wasn't invested enough to reread it to try and understand it, but I yeah. felt the same like confusion of exactly what's going on, Wait, why is she didn't... now locking it? Cause it does sound because it because they're they, the, the terrorists, look like they're about to go into a room that she doesn't want them to open. Right. And she's like, yo, don't do that. i you got me, I'm your prisoner or whatever. And then she gives the the command which I thought I think, it was I,
2: I. don't know. What I, we that? might be reading this wrong. the bottom The bottom right panel of the left hand page. Does she, when she gets shot, she smacks into something? Does that release or break stuff? Not her code. Well, that's what no, I'm saying. I, like well, the one does, but I don't. Know. The one thing. Like, the one case breaks. Why do all of the other
1: cases break?
2: I mean, they don't. I don't think they break in unison like a like a choreograph. It's just. All chaos ensues, right? It, but what did her code do?
0: That's what I want to know. Her did code it,
2: locked them in. Like locked them in. So so what locked this sets them in up that to room. me. They locked, yeah, locked down the entire yeah. facility. So what this sets up to me is uh retired colonial marine is going to learn that his son is stuck in this thing and it's probably going to be a mission to get into the closed facility where havoc has ensued. That's 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 the setup for this action movie. No, no, I got that part. My, well no, that's it, that was the answer to the question before. Like what uh, they're gonna be locked in. That's all. Yeah.
1: My my question was, what was her goal there? Um to lock we'll down. find out. I, I, I didn't...
2: Oh. Sorry.
1: No, okay. I guess that's true. I guess we won't find out because that character is dead and the thing has already happened. So it's not like they're gonna be repeating it. Uh I'm just curious. It just it was the artwork confused me, which I think is a problem. How about that? There you go. All right, let's move on to the next book of the week. Um, Scrolling, boop, boop, boop. Ah, Batman and Superman number 16 Mm. from DC Comics. Gene Luen Yang is the new writer on this series with art by Yvonne Reese. Ooh. Mm -hmm. In the aftermath of Dark Knight's death metal, catch a glimpse of brave new worlds within the DC universe. But what are these strange planets? As we delve into the parallel lives of the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight, We'll meet new villains, new heroes, alternate realities at a trans-dimensional collision that you will need to see to believe. It's the dastardly debut of a cadre of new villains, including the Spider Lady and her poisonous webs, Dr. Adam, who sports a kryptonite pendant, and the maniacal machinations of the Unknown Wizard. You've never seen Batman and Superman like this before, so buckle up and get ready for the start of a new era, courtesy of Jen Lin Yang and artist Yvonne Reese. I was very excited for this book. Um, I like Gene Luen Yang very much. uh, um, And uh, I absolutely adore Yvonne Reese's artwork. Mm -hmm. He's one of my favorites working today. And he has been noticeably absent of late uh, in the DC universe. And so I was wondering what happened to him. Lo and behold, here he is. And this was a very interesting issue. Uh, it does something that I think is very cool, whether or not I think it reads well. Mm. Um, we've seen this before. Where basically, we have two stories that are going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And the page, the comic book page, is divided in half. So the top half is the Superman storyline, and the bottom half is the Batman storyline. I will bring it up now. Here we go. Superman in the World of Tomorrow and Batman and Robin in a World of the Night. And the cool thing is, is that the layout is created with film strips. So you're watching old-timey film strips and you can either read the top bar all the way through the comic book and read the Superman adventure and then go back to the beginning and read the Batman adventure along the bottom or every page you can read a little bit of Superman, a little bit of Batman. I chose... To read all of Superman, which does an interesting thing at the ba- at the back end, and then read all of Batman. Mm. I think it's a neat idea, and I really enjoyed both versions of the story. But I still don't know if I like that layout. What did you guys think? Uh, as the as the Batman guy, Len, what did you think?
0: Um, I th- I like the experiment of it. Uh, I thought that it it probably does pay to read all of one and then the other, but I read them both simultaneously. Oh, uh, I could
1: not do that; my brain does not work like that.
0: I, I I did it, and I didn't find it too hard to to follow, and that made it that much cooler for me. When, like you alluded to, on the back end, something kind of funky happens, you're like, "Oh." this is cool, you know? It it just made it that much cooler for me uh, reading it that way. Um, I thought it was fun. I mean, I think the conceit is that while these aren't necessarily supposed to be the characters as they were depicted in their old 1940s um, movie serials, the conceit is that these are two movie serials from like a... I, I don't I don't think they're supposed to be from the 40s. It's kind of like an amalgamation of mm. now and then. It's like almost like timeless features. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought it was I thought it was cool. I thought it was buckets of fun. It was very actually it was a lot of fun because I recently rewatched um all of those serials, the Superman serials and the Batman serials. Um Superman serials that they're okay. The Batman serials, uh, that that was that was definitely a punishment, but um, the uh, so it was kind of cool. And there's some really cool stuff. I mean, look, we get a banged out Alfred in this. Yeah, like, we do. I mean, like, come on, like for that alone, um, it's it's is a fun. I love the reading. I love the the slight uh, twist that the. Um, each character has from their from their uniform. I can see I can see Randy just racing to find this uh, Superman <laughs> shirt with yep. that S on it. Yep, um, to Batman and Robin, and maybe one of the coolest Batmobiles I have seen in a long time. Uh, that steampunkish kind of Batman with the with the uh, just slight detail of. Of the, the, the cow in the um, grill is, oh my God, it's so fucking sexy. That is a dope
1: Batmobile for that sure. That
0: is a dope ass Batmobile. <clears throat> um, and and what can be said about Yvonne Reese? Um, I, I've said already he, his Superman, his subplanet John Burns Superman, in my, in my, that is Superman to me. And, and I don't care what shirt he puts him in, that's Superman to me. And I never was, never really a real big fan of his Batman, but he draws into a dope ass Batman as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Wait, wait, you mentioned it before. Uh, before you keep going, oh, where's even Reese been? It, it, he did like 20 issues of Superman with Bendis. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I was going to, because it like, as we keep talking about him drawing Superman and he looks great doing Superman, I was like, he just did like a whole run. So he's been over there in that corner and this is his. Thank you. I Superman. sort of fell off that yeah.
1: Bendis run for a little bit. So I, I kind of forgot about him on that book.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised because he's another person, like you said, like we, we've we mentioned, the work is uh, is there on the page. So I wouldn't be surprised that he, you know, went away for a little bit because he got to get ahead of the schedule yeah. on making this stuff. That Robin, yeah. look at that Robin, the Robin is like slight adjustment to the, to the costume. Oh, I mean, dude, this dope. is dope. This this is just like dope comic books, and I'm, and I'm 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 down with it. I'm I'm down with it.
1: I'm so glad because uh, as I was reading it, I was like, "Man, I hope Len likes this because I think it's really fun." And uh, so I'm really glad to, to hear that because a lot of times, you know, out of Len we get, "I don't give a fuck." So I was like, "I hope I hope Len gives a fuck." Go ahead,
2: Noel. Um, nothing. I mean, the only opinion that matters is Len's. So. <laughs> well, I, I um I appreciated this more than I enjoyed it.
0: Okay, oh, so you appreciated the experiment of it. You mean? Um,
2: well, I mean, I appreciated the experiment of it as a novelty. If the entire series is like this, I will not, I will not probably enjoy it. Well, that okay. That's where I was gonna go next. Is I have
1: a feeling now that both of these uh, film reels have burned into each other, and we actually have a right. crossover of characters. Yeah, I have a feeling the me. next issues are going to be because at the very the la- very last page. Is, um, a, a just a regular comic book page. So I have a feeling yeah. this this was the first issue, and now that we have brought these two film reels together, we're going to get one storyline. I hope because I do not want to read a whole series like this. But I think as a kicking off point, pretty cool.
2: Oh uh, yeah. So um, I I started I I started it, and I read it like Glenn did. Where the whole two-page film strip of superman and then i went back and the whole two-page film strip of batman i didn't read all the way through and then all the way through again um doing it that way i think is probably ideal uh no knock to to jd's method but it showed the parallels Mm -hmm. the the story beat parallels for each story in real time which was cool um because like they would meet the villain at the same time and you would really get that clear and they would choose, make a choice at the same time. It was like reading two parallel stories that were in the same track, which was really dope. Um, I appreciated the construction of this more than the story because I, I mean, I think as a novelty, it's really funny. It's fun reading um, old timey stuff because every time the caption boxes would show up, I, in my head, it was just like a newsreel announcer Right. saying it like the march to war yeah superman has which is really cute but after a while i was just like i hate that voice i <laughs> i don't want to keep doing this um but i can't stop it was a compulsion but i loved how they dealt with the panel breaks um yeah. so the film reels throughout the whole thing if, if you screen like yes this is obvious where the it, it you know a uh, uh, 35 millimeter negative hits the hits the um Hits the lamp too long and it starts to burn. So that was obvious. Go back. Open, bring it back out. Okay. And then a couple pages back. So like at times of conflict in the story, in parallel, it starts to burn a little bit because you, you learn later that it's on a satellite with lights on it. So like the 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 film going over those areas is when it burns and then like reality mm-hmm. bleeds through. However, at the beginning it shows it shows the film in actual brackets and reels. Like it's going through the projector, which is something I didn't notice until the second read-through. Because I read right. through this twice, guys. Um cool. If you school scroll back a couple pages, it's just it's very impressive. One more. It's just like to the beginning. Yeah, it's great. Like there. The next one. It actually shows so it's uh, the, the next second one. splash page. The second splash page actually shows. The um the the actual rollers the film rollers oh my god through. yeah right yeah. there oh no, I it didn't does even that a, see that yeah. it does that a couple times in the mm-hmm. book um it is this is a beautifully wow. well constructed book yeah and comic yeah, yeah, yeah that was really dope I don't want to read thing? this for yeah see, uh, that's all to keep the the, the film on a track if you've ever played with a projector yeah. I don't want to read this for an arc exactly I could. So so it's awesome, but where, What is it? What happened? Where does it lead?
0: I I, I like it. I'm with it. I read I um, it.
2: It was awful digital. If you're reading this book, get it in print.
0: True, I will. I will say, digitally, it is. It's a little. It's a little challenging, but overall, I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, you got to flip your flip your reader, and look yeah. at it long ways. Hey, Inception. I'll be right
1: back. Can you see this? So um, I can't look at my screen and also show you this. Can you see this DC website here? League of Geeks, League of Comic Geeks website? Yeah. Great. So this is the next issue. And I was kind of hoping that it would show us um, an interior page so that we knew if it was going to be like uh, a segmented issue again. But um, oh, here's the cover. And then it only shows
2: the cover on that site. But what's the description?
1: Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really tell you. And then oh, it's got to solicit. Okay. Batman Superman 18, uh, also even Reese on Reese. And then after that, we've got a Wild West uh, Superman, Batman saddle up, up and away uh, with art by Derek Robertson and Carol Hotz. So we do not have Yvonne Reese the entire time, sadly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Emmanuel Lupacino, Steve Lieber, Greg Capullo. Oh, he's the cover artist. Um, Derek Robertson and Kyle Hott so you got a bunch of people uh,
2: so it seems on... as though what whatever that weird thing was at the end they're, it's just going to be Superman and Batman traveling through alternate film genres and universes yeah maybe uh, storytelling device That's that's like I yeah. like the idea of maybe them going interdimensional and using genres as as the key to that but as a storytelling device I'm not exactly oh thank you
1: yeah yeah, I used, says, Know's voice, <laughs> I used to do that. impression of that voice, iconic.
2: I used to do that in high school as a to annoy people, so it's working still.
1: And um, Robert Monroe says, "I'll probably get Batman and Superman number sixteen this afternoon." I'm a big fan of Yang's work, yeah. especially his pre-superhero stuff. Yeah, like uh, American-born
2: Chinese, and um, what was it? Uh, what
1: was that called Even, hoops? Something?
2: Uh, yeah, Dragon Hoops. That's Dragon. Like hoops. Last year, yeah, yeah. He's still doing that
1: cool stuff. Yeah, uh, and also he did the really, really good Superman Smashes the Klan miniseries, which was awesome. Yes. All right, Amazing Spider-Man number sixty-two by from Marvel Comics, written by Nick Spencer with art by Patrick Gleason. New costume debuts. No, it doesn't. That happened last issue. King makes it personal with Peter Parker, and New York City itself will pay the price. And another fuse lit more than thirty issues ago reaches its its explosive destination. What? What, what explosive destination did I miss? The kissing.
0: The kissing. At the end. Oh, shit. Last, last panel. Thing? Last Yeah, it's the last panel of the thing.
2: So. I'll
1: tell you yeah, what. Did you not read I it have, to the I end? Have, I have an infant and uh, was reading it while trying to get my baby to sleep at like two in the morning. So ah. I might have forgotten the kissing.
2: I mean, that's how babies start. Uh, But (laughs) I am, I'm going to compare this unfavorably. I'm just going to compare it. I'm going to compare it to another very large. Oh, kissing. um, Marvel book, uh, which is uh, Avengers by Jason Aaron. So they've been doing this thing for 40 effing issues where it's the same rough plot thread. However, every single arc has felt very different and then at the end of it, they'll remind you, there's this plot thread in the back. So it doesn't necessarily feel like it's been a 45 issue kind of one track, even though it's all been kind of a part of the same piece. When I dip in and read Amazing Spider-Man, cause I dropped off for like 25 issues and then just kind of peek in and like Wikipedia page it. We're just like, what's happening? Sounds cool, great. And then I'll dip out. Yeah. I, after like 30 issues, it feels like it's still the same thread. Not necessarily the same story, or it's that they're telling they are they're telling the same story, which other books are doing. It's just the way that this is being done, it feels like a hamster wheel. Like mm. the Beatle and Robbie stuff was 30 something issues ago. Yeah. And now there's a bit of a reveal for it. I'm like, Yeah. This is just exhausting.
1: Yeah, it is a I... reveal for the character, not for the viewer. We have a full page Uh, Like like a splash page reveal at the end of the two of them kissing, it's like yeah, but we knew that in the beginning of the series. This isn't a reveal for us guys. Like, I mean, I like the way we got there, and we got the two different parents finding out about it at the same time, which I thought was kind of cool. In order, as like as far as the storytelling is concerned, the reveal was well done. But at the end, I was like, all right. That's why you say the the explosive destination and you guys are like the kissing. I was like, wait, what, who kissed? Why do I, it didn't feel explosive to me because I was like, Oh no, I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is, this is the, this is, this is part of the reason why I ended up dropping this book a while ago. Not because it was bad just because it always, it didn't, it constantly felt like fluff. It constantly felt like extra. It constantly felt like it was stretching things out, you know, yeah. and not even in an unentertaining way, just in a I could be reading something else or, yeah, get to it, get to it, get to it. It was always constructed well. The artists on this book have been fantastic since Jump. Yeah. I really like Mick Spencer as an, as a writer. But this book has been spinning wheels for me for so long. And I wanted to revisit it because it last, last Remains was uh, well regarded. And this is like the aftermath of that but it doesn't feel like anything has changed or progressed except a new costume. And I I loved seeing Gog, but that's about it. See, I'm having so
1: much fun with the new setup. I love the fact that Peter and Boomerang are roommates. I love the Mm -hmm. Gog pet thing. And I even like what happened in this issue where um, the the setup to the last issue was we had bullseye and he had, we thought he was going to be shooting either Spider-Man or Boomerang. And it turns out they showed what's actually with sites was Gog. And I was like, <gasps> don't you fucking dare hurt Gog. And then it's not he was going for Gog. He was going for Gog's um, inhibitor collar, which then immediately turns him into a giant kaiju, uh, the way we usually know him. Uh, and once he has that inhibitor collar on, he is an adorable little goblin gremlin monster. So uh, I, I really like this setup here. And I, I've i really... um. I've really started to appreciate Patrick Gleason's art on this book when it first mm-hmm. happened. And we, we went from Otley to, um, uh, Gleason. I, I wasn't super tickled by it, but like this splash page here of the Kingpin and Spider-Man in his new costume. And even this with, where we've got Gog breaking through a giant building, presumably killing thousands, um, or hundreds. But He's cute. He's, he's cute. So it's okay. <laughs> um, and then even the you know, the upper right here, where we've got Spider-Man in a really forced perspective over the city. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool artwork for this book. It feels kind of epic. Um and uh yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Noel. There's too many threads here. And he he dips into one thread, the writer, Nick Spencer, and then many, many issues, he'll dip back into that thread, but it's without hardly advancing it at all. So it does feel like it's spinning its wheels, but all the other things, the like yeah. the main issue plots are so kind of fun for me that I'm
2: still we've, on board. We've had a version of this before where I'm still reading something that you guys all dropped and I'll describe it to you and you're all like, that sounds cool. But yeah. the act of actually reading it just, is there something missing? There's like a 10% of actual enjoyment or progression that's just missing. So. If you gave me all the broad strokes, and the setup of this is really fun. It was fun 35 issues ago when it started. Actually, like 40 issues ago when they became roommates. But it doesn't feel like anything's actually progressed other than they like each other a little bit more now. Yeah. Just a little bit more.
0: With all that being said, I, not being a frequent reader of Amazing Spider-Man, read this. And I thought it was just a, a fun comic book. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of his new costume, but I I am a fan of uh, Patrick Gleason's artwork. So I like the depiction of the, of the costume. Um, I don't know who costumed this boomerang guy, but that person needs to be shot. But, um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, it, it's just a, a dope, fun, fun comic book, which actually, even with all of the multiple um, story threads and the, even the slow pacing of them throughout many many issues read to me like classic Spider-Man from the seventies because yes. that's in a lot of the a lot of what Spider-Man was. You know, one page <laughs> of like this thing happening, and then you may not you they'll touch back in on it maybe in a couple of issues uh, until it is primed to take. The uh, lead position take its a story position somewhere further down the line. So, it just felt like classic Spider-Man to me, and I it, it this book actually uh, this issue actually made me want to say like ah I'm kind of digging this. And I why I, I'm a fan of of uh, Otley as well. I That's pretty. I have always um, I would prefer Patrick Leeson. I I, I just like. It's very rare that I do not like anything Patrick Leeson does. And this also, is good. let's for, just for a second, let's talk about the comedic
1: timing of this book. Basically, mm. we have a really kind of cool setup, or, or, you know, the way that the story is told that um, they've got the inhibitor collar that has to be big enough to get onto Gog, and Spider Man has looped it up and he kind of, you know, um, Alley-oops it around Gog onto his neck, which then makes Gog automatically shrink back down. And as they're falling, Spidey has caught Gog, baby Gog, who's got his little tail wrapped around his neck. And they're having a cuddling moment. And you can see all the beautiful, sweet moments of Gog, you know, kind of tearing up the refrigerator and he's got a cute mouthful of food and oh, look, here's here's Gog licking Peter's face and they're having a beautiful moment and the very next panel is them absolutely demolishing a car by landing into it at a high velocity. (laughs) He's He's
2: not paying attention. He's having like happy memories. Yes. Yeah. It's stuff like that.
1: I don't know if you guys know, but Nick Spencer, the first time I ever read Nick Spencer and sort of caught onto his name was when he did the Deadly Foes. No, the superior foes superior of Spider-Man, foes. which yeah. is a hilarious miniseries uh, that actually has Boomerang in it. And it, it's really, really good. I think a lot of it is out of print right now, but highly recommended. And it's got this. This book has a lot of those comedy beats that I, I think are, are really that really work well.
2: There's so. um the early, uh, so you saying this this reads like 70s Spider-Man, the earliest I've mm-hmm. ever read and enjoyed is like Straczynski. So, oh, like okay. two thousand Spider-Man, I don't, I don't really like that style
0: that much. That's okay. Yeah, that's I mean, right. clearly, I'm um, surprised. This is, I, the, I'm surprised that that was your first uh, reading of um, Nick Spencer, uh, JD. You didn't read Morning Glories. That's no,
2: the I the, did. On, yeah. On a map. Back, uh, back in my back in my um, writing for websites days, I reviewed like the first four or five issues of Morning Glories and talked with Nick Spencer a couple times. Very cool guy, and I've always loved his stuff. Um, I really liked his Cap Run, but I think even the Cap Run fell into these kinds of treads too because he was doing three different Captain America books and just stretched out his conflict for so long mm, yeah. that unless you were one thousand percent invested in the character you just kind of got a little tired of, it. or it became, it became almost just passive. Like when the same loud music is happening at all times, you just kind of start yeah. to fade it out. Like, yeah. and that's. Yeah. Okay. Speaking
1: yeah. of previous runs on Spider-Man, Len, uh, part of what keeps me coming back is that he keeps pulling these threads from when I was a kid reading Spider-Man. Uh, and even this right here, where we're talking with um, Tombstone having beef with Robbie Robertson um, and creating this sort of um, Montagues and Capulets, uh, star-crossed lovers thing with their children. This stems back to Web of Spider-Man, uh, which I think was drawn by Alex Saviok, If you remember that guy, um, so oh, yeah. yeah, back when Tombstone was a pretty big player in the Spidey universe. Um, so it's it's kind of stuff like that where it hits my member berries in such a way where I'm like, yeah, oh, right. you guys
2: have a vocabulary for this stuff that I that I didn't even know existed. So yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're loving it. But Um, I always am welcome. I'm always open to like jumping into some of these issues though, because overall I love everybody. That's a part of this book. Right. It's just not hitting my member berries. So like, Mm -hmm. I like, tell me what happens all the time and tell me if I should read an issue. That's all.
1: Uh, Ben Diano is commenting very similar to what y'all are saying. I feel like ASM just doesn't have a good resolution at the end of each story. Like there is a definitive end to the story, but so many loose threads to keep it going. I'm having a lot of the exhaustion that Noel talked about. It's so fun, but I gotta move forward to the new thread. I guess I, we all are on that one, I think, yeah yeah like you don't need to be stretching these threads out as much as you yeah. are, Nick. uh the fact that we're still we're still dealing with what's the guy's name? Kindred kindred Mary yeah. Osborne, the kindred thing where he's just like trapped in stasis, which was not a great resolution to his plot. <laughs> um so anyway uh let's move on to teen titans academy number one from dc comics written by tim sheridan with art by rafa sandoval welcome to Teen titans academy packed with both new superpowered teens and numerous dark secrets Teen titans academy student body includes shazam a new australian speedster a trio of goth am teen expatriates obsessed with batman and one member of this first class will become the deadly Red X. Original new Teen Titans, including Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy, take on the role of teachers and mentors for super-powered teens. Their goal, to shape the next generation of heroes. So, um, we've got X-Men, right? So, in the 80s, Teen Titans was DC's... Uh, response to X Men, right? And um, is that correct? The Marvel Wolfman and stuff. It's like this is DC's X Men, or was no, it, it that X Men was Marvel's Teen Titans? No, I think I it, thought it was
2: Legion and X Men that were that were always kind of like you chose either X Men or Legion. No, it, it, it wasn't really.
0: Neither of uh, neither a uh, Legion or Teen Titans were necessarily DC's. Um, X Men. What it was, though, is in that the '80s is that Teen Titans, because of Marv Wolfman and George Perez on it, quickly rose to the same heights that X Men were at that time. So yep. they were just so they were the big comic books of the That's day. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I've, I
1: conflated that with sort of a, a call and response from the two businesses. Right. It was that they were selling as much as Marvel's X-Men, which was huge. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but basically what we have here is X-Men. We've got uh, the old team teaching the new team. And uh, I sadly uh, could not get the baby to sleep and I forgot to read this, but I do know, (laughs) I do know that as a retailer, I was very frustrated because future state happened and there was future state teen Titans one and future state teen Titans (laughs) two. And, uh, I had subscribers for the Future State Teen Titans book. So then when it was um, released that there was going to be Teen Titans uh, or Future State Red X or Future State Teen Titans one shot or something. I forget what that, the hell the book's actually called. And I got in all of the copies for my Future State Teen Titans subscribers. And then I opened the book to find that is, oh, this is just a reprint of mm. Teen Titans 1 and 2 in one new book. And I had a bunch of extra copies for people who already had one and two. Mm. I was not tickled. Mm. So uh, I have a bunch of extra copies of Teen Titans um, Red X, one, whatever the hell. Yeah, so come uh, on
2: down today if you're interested. Yeah, in and pick up a copy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Noel's manning the shop, so go go to the Noel. Um, but yeah, I, I did not get a chance to read this. I was looking forward to it. And I really like Rafa Sandoval's artwork. Uh, I do not know the writer's name or bona fides um the hit the writer did he write the teen titans future
2: state as well yes tim Great. sheridan yes um i think he's, i think he was writing teen titans beforehand too oh was he yeah oh i didn't know that
1: um the, do you have to read the future state red x books teen titans books in order to jump onto this no
2: no not at all
1: no. Um, I know Red X from the Teen Titans cartoon, which preceded Teen Titans Go, and it was revealed that it was J- I think Jason Todd in that series.
2: I don't know. I, don't, I never read. It. I never watched it. Oh no! Is uh, it revealed
1: who Red X is no. here?
2: No, no. Oh, so it's a secret. Okay.
1: No. What'd you guys so, think of it?
2: I thought this book was rad. Um, this reminded me of um, Avengers Arena. It reminded me Mm. of uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. It introduced a lot of like new new younger characters. Some of them we know some of some obvious younger characters that we know of, like Cassandra Kane and like just people in the the DC universe that are teens. But it also introduced a bunch of new ones that are like mildly connected to other heroes. So that was really fun. And it was it was a cross between like Avengers Arena and Harry Potter. And there was actually a really a couple of really fun Harry Potter jokes in here. Like, um, so you've got Nightwing and Starfire teaching a class. So they're the they're the faculty, but then the current Teen Titans members, which are like that bouncy kid and uh, um, Wally West, finished. Wallace well, yeah, kid, uh, they're the upper classmen because they're current teen titans, and then you've got all of these classmen that are just being trained by the upperclassmen and the and the teachers. But you've got um Nightwing. This is a very self-aware book. So Nightwing makes a joke about you know the sorting hatch or something like that, and uh he's like oof, uh, and he got no laughs, no response. And he was like, Oof, I guess that's even an old reference now. Yeah, and yeah. everyone in the class was like Oh no, we got it. We just don't like to really talk about it because it's pretty problematic. And then they move on. Whoa! There's a there's a lot of really cute, self aware things in this book that it feels a huh. irre- it feels just enough amount of irreverent. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's this was a fun read. This was this was just pure candy, but it wasn't like empty. Like I liked it a lot. It was, Man, was, this looks surprising. like it
1: s- speaks directly to what I like, uh, and I I love the Teen Titans. Uh, I've dipped in and out for for decades, um, for better or for worse. And um, I like that they even have um, part of the new 52 Teen Titans in here. This looks awesome. I'm a sucker for like teen heroes and and sidekicks and legacy and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And this really looks like it's got a legacy feel to it, bringing that back to the DC universe. Very much. Oh, I am into this. This looks great. And the art is fantastic.
0: The art is beautiful. beautiful. The art is absolutely beautiful. It was a fun book. Uh, it definitely, you know, it's got that Harry Potter vibe. It's definitely self-aware. I, I was reading it feeling like, oh, okay, so this is like, uh, uh, Teen Titans by way of My Hero Academia. So oh, yeah. I was like, all right, it's nice. Kind of funky. Kind of funky. I, I, I see what you're g- going for. Um, I like the idea of not trying to, you know, um. Like for for a while, I thought that in DC, the only Teen Titan that was allowed to really age up was Nightwing. So I like that now the rest of them are actually shown to be aged up. They are the you know the upperclassmen. They are the they not even upperclassmen. They're the teachers. They're the faculty. I, I like that whole aspect of it. Um, it definitely has the legacy. Vibe, especially because this is called the Roy Harper Academy. Um, Yeah,
2: which again reminded me of Wolverine and the X Men. It's the Jean Grey School for yes. Like this is this is a very very good version of a bunch of things that have already happened in comics. (laughs) There's nothing like original here. It's just really well
0: done. It's just really it's just a really great package. And I and I um, I enjoyed the. Speaking of the legacy of it, I enjoyed like the hints of the history of it, like because you have like the hints of Nightwing and Starfire, and what they once meant to one another. You have um, Cyborg and Beast Boy kind of like rekindling their 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 friendship. Or, you know, reminding you of their friendship, even as though it's now on another level because they're both adults, you know, and there's even a joke about that in regards to Beast Boy. I liked meeting all the, the different characters. It introduces a whole ton of characters. So, I you know, you're not sure exactly which ones you're supposed to pay attention to, but that's fine. This is how it's supposed to be in a an, uh, startup and especially an academy. So it truly has a, a uh, school vibe to it. Um it's just not the and and I'm a sucker for Donna Troy. So dude, like if dude. Donna Troy is in here, I'm like, yo, I'm I'm with it. I'm I, with it.
1: I, I was you quoted what I just thought in my brain as I was looking at the page that I have up here. I'm like, oh Donna Troy, oh I'm a sucker for Donna Troy. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. It's really, really fun. I'm definitely gonna catch up on this. I gotta I feel like I should be the future ones first because I think that sets up the well, whole red X thing
2: if you need if you need any copies i have 12 of them the thank store. you one
1: yeah. shot yeah um
0: man
1: this yesterday at the shop i had a copy of um teen titans new teen titans number two um and i had a pretty tight copy it, and i got it sold for like a buck fifty hundred fifty dollars yesterday and it's one of those things like as a retailer selling comic books that I have spent years accumulating and the, the struggle between wanting to keep my store open and make sales and letting go Mm -hmm. of the, of my prized possessions. So yeah, I I messaged the guys yesterday. I'm like, Hey guys, I sold my teen Titans number two for 150, but also that means I don't have my teen Titans number two anymore. I
2: mean, for that, for that, you can buy like the first, three omnibuses for 150 that's true that's true it's not the same it's not the it's same not the same. however if all that really matters and travels on to the next world is the stories and not the physical artifice then it's almost better
1: shut up <laughs> um let's see
2: you know that, oh late.
1: we got one more left before we move on to um the other stuff I feel like this isn't going to take very long. Harley Quinn number one from DC comics written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Riley Rossmo. <clears throat> you better read this closely because we've got a red hot relaunch on our hands here. And I should know. Harley, Oh, Harley Quinn here to let everyone know that I got a brand new monthly series here with a brand new status quo. I'm coming back to Gotham City to make up for the sins of my past and help the city recover from the Joker War. But there's no welcoming committee waiting for me, your favorite maid of mischief. And between you and me, some real creeps are working to keep the city broken. We can't let that happen. Can't?
0: <clears throat>
1: That's what I had to say about uh, Teen Titans. Harley Quinn. I'm sorry, hi, Harley Quinn. Um, my face is all flushed. Uh, <laughs> uh this was fine. I, I I always dip into oh, am I still here? Yes, he started a, oh, I, got a spin, I got a spinny thing on my computer, so I was nervous. Um, I always tune in for new Harley Quinn issue. Um, I did not care for the character at first. Uh, I liked her in the cartoon until sort of you start to think about the ramifications of her character and how she deals with the Joker, Mr. J. And I love that they are dealing with this. I think that that's great. The fact that she is a woman who has been gaslit, tortured, manipulated, and possibly murdered over and over again, depending on which stories you read. Um, And she's dealing with that. And she's a new character moving on from that relationship. I... Love that doing that. I think that the Harley Quinn cartoon is one of the best things that DC has put out in media recently. Uh highly recommend that if you get a chance to check it out. So I thought I would check this out. I also like to varying degrees Riley Rossmo's arc, but I think he works well with this type of story. Right. Which is not one we're supposed to take particularly seriously. But overall, I I didn't really care too much about it. I found a little bit uh, I found it to be a little bit confusing. As to what's happening story-wise, even though I do love this panel, uh, which you can't see because I haven't shared it yet. This panel of Batman standing inside a panel and then within the cloak of Batman are other panels. Very, very cool work. Other than that, I didn't really care particularly about this issue. What did you think, mm, Len? Uh,
0: I thought it was I thought it was a nice little um, marriage between a creative team and the character. Um, I thought that the, the story was light enough, but you know, interesting. You know, setting up the uh, the uh, current status quo, as it were, for Harley Quinn, um, a character who I have enjoyed since um, Paul Dini created her uh, many, many, many years ago for the an animated series. Um the the story is fun. There's some nice comedic beats in it. You know, her with uh, Killer Croc is like really like a really fun fun moment. Even her bouncing back and forth with Batman is mm-hmm. is fun in here. Um, the art is very cartoony, very animated, but I think that definitely fits well with yeah, the I character. I prefer that. And, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that is the way to do her because she's a character who is very easy to be because of her nature and her voice and, and because of her history, it's very interesting to do like almost like, um hypersexualized or pinup type of vibe Yeah, with her. And this, yeah, this really returns it to her roots and just animated fun, you know? This
2: strips, this strips that away. Um, But in a really good way, like she's not she's not any less appealing. She's just not um, she doesn't look like a constant static pinup for certain audiences, which almost every other uh, even even artists. I absolutely adore like Jorge Jimenez. She just always looks like she's about to fall out of her clothes constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I get it. It's fine. Great. Yeah, I I like fine. Yeah, it was it was fine. I like um, I don't I every time we sample these books, especially books that focus on her. I I just I don't I, I don't like her as a protagonist. I don't I don't enjoy reading her as a single protagonist. Mm. She's great in an ensemble. She's great as a foil. She's great as a wild card in a story. But her as a protagonist, I just I have no connection. I don't enjoy it. Um, I watched the first three episodes of the cartoon, because on your guys' recommendation, and it was just fine. Really? I mean, yeah, the first episode I hated, the second and third were like, alright, I get what they're doing, it's fine. But I just didn't continue after that. Okay, alright. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll i <laughs> go back and try again, but I, you guys... Yeah.
0: I, I, I found the, the cartoon to be very, very... A nice irreverent look at the uh, DC um, universe. Um, that's what
2: that's what you guys say, and I agree. But that first episode was so hard to get through because it was just all Edgelord garbage. It gets, and, and you kept telling me like, just get through it, get through it. But I just, I, I lost the track. That's
0: fair. That's fair. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this, this comic book, um. You know, I, I agree with you to a degree. I don't know if I can see her as like a single protagonist, but just like her her animated series, which more becomes more of an ensemble show yeah. that that where she is more just kind of like the lead voice on. I have a funny feeling they're going to try they're trying to set that up with this series because they've al- they've already got her with a sidekick by the end of the series. Yeah, by the end of the and first issue. So
2: th- more than once already, I have come back after not liking something and tell you guys I'm wrong. I want to have that conversation eventually about the Harley Quinn animated series. It just hasn't mm. happened yet. Um yeah I'm not it like those the I don't have the added value of approaching this comic book with that favoritism or that like happy memory of the show. Mm. This is just, so like you guys can you guys can apply how good it could be. To something like this, and I'm just like, as as it stands, it's just okay.
0: Action figure um, expert asks, "Would you guys say that Harley has become the Deadpool of DC Comics?" Um, I I think that's a fair comparison. Um, I think it's definitely. I think that's a fair comparison. I think for whatever reason, I. Th- I like her more than Deadpool. I feel Deadpool, is a, 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 just, um, Deadpool just doesn't do it for me. The movies are fun. I, I, I'll say the two movies are fun. Um, and I wouldn't mind a third one, but he just doesn't do it for me as a character. I don't feel any type of emotional pull towards him as opposed to Harley Quinn. I do. That, uh,
1: yep. That's my answer. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't even equate the two because I don't care about Deadpool. Uh, I understand that she's there to be the... I would You know what? Oh, no. I was going to say somebody else, but that doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah, Deadpool, I- I've never cared about. He is just there for gags, and I rarely find them to be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's great Was on a team. Also, I, th- I think Harley's good on a team as well. But I, I have no emotional connection to Deadpool, whereas I feel sometimes... I do have an emotional connection to Harley, um, so I think
2: along the like uh, to answer Action Figure Experts' uh, question in a more like I guess business oriented way. Yes, the characters are nothing alike. However, yes, both DC and Marvel treat Deadpool and Harley Quinn in the same way. See, like placing them everywhere and anywhere to see what will stick because just as pinups and as caricatures, they're very very popular. So yes, I think they're the same. But the characters are completely different, right? And like your mileage varies. However, yeah, this is DC's Deadpool. Um, all right. Or Joaquin Phoenix Joker, just put well, that everywhere.
1: A- action figure expert. Since we're done with the week's comics, um, action figure expert creates a great um, moving on point. Well, before Speaking we move of- on, hey, that's my plugs, email.
2: All right, yeah, let's do some plugs. Oh, there it is. About so if you yeah. want to help
1: the show out, uh, that would be great. You can go to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo and uh, thank you everyone who does help the show out by going to patreon.com. All of our patrons are lovely. I appreciate it. And if you want to help us out, you can go there. If you don't have any money, you can just like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Go. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, if you look up Colts Pop Podcasts, on facebook you can find us there and yeah just leave us a nice review on itunes or like comment and subscribe on youtube that that would help us out a great deal uh, just tell your friends be like hey join you should hang out with all of us on sunday mornings at 10 30 a.m where we talk about this week's comics or we could hang out tuesdays at 2 p.m where jd Goes and un- Does an unboxing video where he takes you through all of the things that are coming out this week at his local comic shop, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia. And, A really um, easy
2: way to do it, too, is when you see us pop on on your, on your feeds and w- don't want to listen to us or ignore us, like and share it anyway. Yeah. just No comment. That'd just be great. share it anyway. Yeah. That'd be nice. Um, Thank you. So.
1: Uh, oh, you know what? Quick, quick note, Roboto someone six commented on YouTube, Radiant Black is awesome. I second that. Radiant Black is awesome. It's only got two issues out so far. I only read the first one, but it's very much in line with uh, Invincible. Mm-hmm. And even the artwork looks very uh, Ryan Otley. So if you're looking for a new superhero book to jump onto right now, Radiant Black from Image Comics. And uh, Action Figure Expert says, would you guys, no, speaking of Harley, Did you guys watch the Suicide Squad trailer? Yes.
2: Yes, we did. A couple dozen times, yeah.
1: yeah. I I mean, I watched it twice. Um, And I am very cautiously optimistic. Um, And only because I liked the trailer for the original Suicide Squad. And the movie I got was not something I particularly enjoyed very much. Mm. Uh, But I do love James Gunn. I love I guess almost all of his films. So, yeah,
2: I was going to say, I think you're allowed to just be optimistic because the, the setup for this is wildly different than the setup for the last one.
0: And in the every the way, team.
2: right? Yeah, that's what I mean. And that, when I say setup, I mean all of the background information that applies to this film and scenario is completely different in every way, shape, and form. I think you're allowed to just be optimistic if you want.
1: Great, you know what? I'm optimistic. The trailer Thank is you. hilarious. I love, I love um, James Gunn. James Gunn?
2: Yes, yeah, that's his name.
1: And um, fucking
2: Starro. I hope. Uh, maybe that's a maybe that's a fake. We don't know. But
0: that's cool. I haven't watched you the trailer know. because I saw the oh. first trailer and that was enough to sell me on a movie. So I don't want to be. I'm just oh, waiting wait for the movie. So Sorry, you didn't
2: even see a trailer. That first trailer that you're talking about, it was just like B-roll footage and behind the scenes interviews. Yup.
0: Oh, Okay. <laughs> That
2: was enough. So, I mean, we spoil. Um, There's a there's a reveal at the end of the trailer that there's a giant kaiju that looks exactly like Starro, but you don't see it head on. You see it like in the distance Mm. while people react, and it's and one of the posters for the Thinker, Peter Capaldi as the Thinker, um, has a bunch of like Starros exploding from him in a very colorable fashion. Oh, wow, cool. So, I think they're doing which which would be very in line with the kind of things that James Gunn does. Like he will find something very specific in pop culture or in the, like just the idea that Starro was a, was involved in the meeting, uh, the first, you know, team up of the justice league. I could see that being an impetus of like, well, let's do something fucked up with him, Mm -hmm. and and like creating that kind of cross-reference. Are you looking for the the poster?
1: No, I was looking forward to see what the thinker's abilities were. And if he was able to project different things into people's minds and he can't, he just, he just thinks real hard. Um, he's smarter Mm -hmm. than everybody. And uh, I kind of forgot I was watching the flash season four ish, I think. And DeVoe, that character is one of the big, is the big bad of that season. Um, Mm -hmm. so I kind of, I didn't realize that the guy we saw Peter Capaldi and this was the same, uh, character. Oh, um, yeah, but yeah, I I, The great trailer its super funny.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The the cool thing about the trailer too, is that there's, there's no clear way. So like trailers, they give you so much, but they don't give you shit because there are 17 main characters and the trailer only really follows like maybe five at a time. So you have no idea who is dead, who's alive, who might be fine. What order any of this takes place. It's yeah. the way that he constructed everything. It's like it, you think that you know everything, but we really, we really don't know shit. Like, honestly, yeah. all of that Star Wars stuff could be the first, the opening of the movie. No idea, which is cool.
1: Um, oh, my phone is ringing. You guys vamp. Okay. Thank I you. Well, I mean, calling. you didn't,
2: you didn't watch it, so whatever.
0: You hate me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't hate you. I don't you. I'm cool. You know why I, I bought in? Because I did on that first trailer, even though it was D Rail. Mm-hmm. They so, show John Cena in full peacemaker yeah. costume. And I was like, yo, that is like spot on. And after that, I was like, I don't need to see Please. anything else. I'm with it. You
2: know, okay. Is there any way that we could watch it together? Like right now? Would you be able to pull that up? Or are you just against it altogether?
0: No, yeah, we, we we can we can watch it. Um you gotta you gotta I gotta download it first or, or I guess I can share it. I can share Yeah, I, share yeah, it I, I was like gonna it. say could
2: you open a window and share it?
0: Yeah, let me find let me find
2: it. And then we can we can cut this out of the audio podcast because I don't think listening to a clip is enjoyable.
0: Here's the thing though. While I can share it, um or, or oh no, all right, so so you can bring it up.
2: Oh, wait yeah minute. if you share it i can bring it up and i can play it because i have controls um and also too this is like i mean it's not even are we're, we're real time responding to it so that's fair use we don't have to worry about anything like that
0: yeah i just gotta make sure this is the right trailer all right this is it. okay so. uh
2: it's rated it's a rated it's a red band trailer so there is things
0: oh well i don't think i got a red band hold on Hold on. Let me find it. Uh, Oh, here. I see it. I see it. I see it. I got it. All right. Red band. Red band trailer. Mm, Let me do this. Let me move you over here. There you go. I'm waiting for the ad to finish playing, so then I'm going to hit pause before I share it. Um, Okay. All right, ad. All right, there you go. I'm pausing it, and now I'm going to share. Go back to
2: this is scintillating. I'm sorry, streaming I'm content. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm. It's it's my fault for asking, and I don't care. The screen. Suicide Squad two. It, you know what? Robert Monroe uh, just said. I hope that Suicide Squad two is better than the first movie. Now here's the thing. This is why. This is one of the reasons why I think that the Snyder Cut of Justice League is getting rave reviews because it came from a place of absolute terribleness. So anything Mm -hmm. that kind of comes out in any like when you're comparing it to trash, subpar is is a spectacular achievement. So just comparing it to the first movie. Don't do that. If you didn't like the first movie, don't compare it because it's just not going to be the same thing.
0: Very good. So I, I hit share. There you go. All right, so now I'm going to hit play. Well, and... Let's do it. We're going to watch it.
2: Ooh. Oh, there's no sound. Oh. Well, this is not it? This is it, but we can't hear it. Oh. Shoot.
0: That doesn't help us. Nope. Sorry. I stopped it because y'all can't see it. Well, we can y'all see it. We it. just can't hear it. Yeah, yeah, but you can't hear it. You can't hear it because it's going through my headphones. That's why.
1: What if you oh. took out your headphones and then just let your microphone pick up the audio of your computer? Would that work?
0: I guess I could do that.
2: Well, yeah, I could do we that. We just, just right. have to not say anything.
0: Quiet. Right. I'll mute myself. All right. I'm going back to the beginning. You're not entertained, ladies and gentlemen. Taking out my headphones. <laughs> You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dressed as a court jester. This coming okay. from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of behind. Hopefully, Harley's still alive. No funny business, Harley. These are dangerous people. Team 2 is clear to go. girl. Three, 3, 2, What are you guys doing What? You? We're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Bloodsport you know the
2: deal successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence
0: you fail to follow my orders in any way and I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull so this is the famous suicide squad No. Any questions? Hand? Yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all going to die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Here's the deal. We failed the mission. You die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates. You don't. No. If you cough without covering your mouth. Early, hello. That isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's what the plan? How much I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do. <laughs> Oh, well, that's kind of our thing. Are you worried? I'm going to get you out of here alive. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Oh, my God. We've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. Uh-huh. I, don't I don't the range. It's like angels
1: are swooping all low for us. So what we have here is a James Gunn movie. This is just Guardians of the Galaxy without even pretending to not be. Like, the music cues, the comedy, the way that the characters interact with each other... It's it just, I mean, he's literally just doing what worked for Guardians, I think, applying that to Suicide Squad. No.
2: Um, before I open the store, what this reminded me of more than or just as much as Suicide Squad was his movie Super, if you ever saw it. Yes. The oh. rated R version. Yes. So, like, this is, this is Guardians of the Galaxy model, but infused with the very nasty sense of humor and
0: <clears throat> real-time violence of Super. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good pull, and and I have a funny feeling that just like Super, which definitely is has dark comedic tones to it, but there's also some real world shit that happens in Super that that when it happens because of that tone, when that real world shit hap- happens, it hits you all the the more, and it's it's yep. that much more visceral, a gut punch, and I can imagine him doing that with uh with the Suicide Squad. I did not know. I guess I wasn't, I you know, I try not to pay super attention to a whole lot of casting stuff because I like to be surprised. I didn't know that Idris Elba was in this movie. So yeah. seeing him, seeing him, one, was a pleasant surprise because I'm a huge Idris Elba fan. And then two, it is solidified in my mind that Idris Elba is my dream interview because you cannot tell me that this man. Who, yeah. Not only now is he starting in suicide squad, and yes, he was in all the Thor movies, but he also people forget he was in the Losers years ago, right? Oh, it was this, wonderful. Yeah. This dude definitely has geek bona fides that have I don't I've yet to see fully explored in an interview, and that's why I want to talk to this brother.
2: Even yeah. even when he hosted Saturday Night Live, they did like. They did a whole Incredible Hulk sketch. Um, he's like, he's done a whole bunch of like DJ stuff. Like he's a, he's a fucking nerd. He just is in like a British supermodel package. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This um, looks
0: cool.
1: Looks dope. Looks fun. Robert Monroe says, cool. They had me at Steely Dan's dirty work and mm. action figure expert says I have some people wrong. Some think that it's just a rated R guardians of the galaxy. I mean, it kind of it looks that way, doesn't it?
2: Marketed as such, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, I don't need any more Snyder-verse. I'm happy with... Let's give it to James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hashtag start the Gunn-verse. Yeah, the, the, the only downside to this is that this is very likely to be a one-off. Yeah. Of James Gunn in the DC universe because he went right back to Gal- uh, Guardians 3.
2: Yeah. Well, he actually, right, uh, you're right, but right now he's directing an HBO Max show of Peacemaker. So that's right. Because of COVID uh, and all of the delays. So, like, they filmed this movie two years ago mm-hmm. and it was yeah. delayed about a year because of post, like, they finished the filming before, yeah, they finished filming before COVID shut everything down and just like, Oh, well we have an extra year to fucking do special effects. But in that extra year, he wrote a whole eight episode follow-up show about peacemaker for HBO max. And then got a green lit immediately and is directing all of the episodes himself. So for anyone who doesn't
1: know, peacemaker is the John Cena character with the bag of dicks that we just saw in the trailer.
2: Yeah. So he's immediately jumping into a sequel television or prequel. We don't know. But a television show, a a complimentary television show for HBO Max of this Suicide Squad. And that just wrapped filming or is about to just wrap filming. And he's jumping right into Guardians of the Galaxy 3 at the end of the year. So in a weird way, James Gunn seems to be like the only person that is jumping back and forth between giant conglomerates. The best thing that ever happened to him, and if you're a fan of his, us, um, was him being fired from Disney. That's like the yeah. best thing that's happened because now he's jumped back and forth.
1: Cancel culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm stoked about that. And then someone earlier in the comments brought up another thing that we're going to be talking about. Bendy. You thoughts on the invincible show. It's a perfect segue. My thoughts are, it's amazing. I love the invincible cartoon. I I'm a huge, huge fan of the comic book from um, Robert Kirkman creator mm-hmm. of walking dead and it's an underrated superhero universe unto itself in image comics a lot of it was drawn by ryan otley and now we have a star-studded cast led animated series on amazon prime i've watched uh, the first two episodes and it is just awesome i think it's great uh, the i think the animation is it it i think the animation is cheap where it needs to be and expensive where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think they use their animating budget very well because there are times where we just have like, it's a cutout of, of, uh, Mark invincible and he just sort of moves through the space. But then we have other things like action sequences where, uh, they animated it really well, I think. And I don't know how much we can say about this series, Without spoiling it, because I think a lot of the effectiveness of Invincible, at least when you first start it, is some of the story that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so, but basically what you have is Mark, who is son of a superhero whose name is Omni-Man. He's basically the Superman, right? He's an alien. He comes to Earth and uh, he starts a family. And Mark is basically the Superboy. Mm-hmm. And when we first meet him, he hasn't developed his powers yet. So we're still waiting for Mark to hit his power puberty and become a superhero he's very much looking forward to. There's a Justice League, but uh, basically Guardians of the Globe is what they're called. And they're the, the pastiche of the Justice League. There's a Teen Titans version of the the heroes. And they're I think they're called the Teen Team. The Teen and, Team, And yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the series itself is, I think, a perfect... Uh, amalgamation of really heartfelt and earnest storytelling and character moments mm-hmm. with just some of the bloodiest shit I've ever seen.
0: Yep, yep. That's and I love it. What did you think, uh, Len? I absolutely freaking loved it. Invincible, the Invincible comic is one of my favorite comic books of all time. It is so good, um, and this was just spot on as an adaptation. They made some I thought the speaking to the um the voice acting, I think that the, the the casting they made some very smart choices um with the casting. First of all with Steven Yoon as Mark Grayson uh, slash Invincible. I don't know if I necessarily would have heard him as as invincible but now I can't unhear him as invincible. Uh, J.K. Simmons and Sandra Oh as his parents are are spot on. Um, I think the the one casting that just absolutely blew me away was Zachary Quinto as robot. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's perfect. I thought he was just like spot on, perfect. Um, so the Walton casting... Goggins as Cecil. I don't care for.
1: It's yeah. strange. He it's doesn't. It's, it's, the it's... voice doesn't match the face on that.
2: Right. No, he's right. not grizzled. He's like. Hillbilly grizzled, and it's like that's not Cecil. Cecil's like a smoker for eighty years, grizzled. Not well, you uh, know.
0: And, and, but, but you know rope what, cowboy. It, but to a degree, I hear you. But I like that kind of like subverting expectations with that because the Cecil character is not he, the character himself. As you will learn, is not necessarily as he is depicted. Like, you, mm-hmm. his depiction may think you leads you to think that he is one type of character and he actually isn't. Um, and I'll also say that that also is the same point with, um, oh, I just, okay, I just have here, with uh, Adam Eve, her casting, which is... Oh, I'm trying to Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, Gillian Jacobs. Th- that is absolutely not 100% the voice that I've heard. Coming from Adam Eve and Adam Eve, as I read the comic book, but it's great. It's so smart because it subverts her look, the image of the character. That voice is totally, totally different. Um, see you, Ben. Uh, thank you, thank you for uh, staying with us so long.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just great. And the animation, like you said, JD, man, when it needs to be, they they put their budget where they need it. And yep. oh my god, like I have never goddamn so much. On a series I've watched, I and I've watched all three episodes and I was like, oh god damn, oh god, damn, oh god damn. yo, this show was insane.
2: Yeah, there's um uh JD left the stream for a second, I'm not exactly sure why, but he'll be back. Um there was the cool thing about it, it's it's a very direct adaptation. Um the the way that the show is structured is exactly how it's structured in the comic book. In so much it and and also too, it should be respected like like there was an unspoken rule uh in comic book world uh for the walking dead we don't talk about it we don't spoil it even if you say i'm going to give you spoilers you just don't do it um mm-hmm. the same thing with invincible like there's this weird reverence that people just don't spoil it mm-hmm. because and so the show should be treated the same way there are it's structured the exact same way where things get revealed and you know microphones drop but then they just keep escalating in a very very enjoyable and shocking way and Mm -hmm. i i am truly i love the fact that we never got around to doing this for book club because my wife hasn't read it yet so she has no fucking idea when things drop that they're about Mm. to whereas i'm just like (laughs) what's gonna happen so the end of the first episode, you get your your first kind of taste of that, how wild the show can get. And it is a prolonged sequence of very disturbing violence. Yeah. Yes. She was just like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, Let, yeah. this is episode one, sweetie. Let's go to two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the show Even just two. progressively gets better
1: choose what the fuck moment was really cool too. I, I, yeah. which I don't remember happening in the series or at least not to that extent because holy shit. I was like, "Oh my." Ugh. Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, it's it, a lot of
1: fun. You definitely need to go into it knowing that it's very violent.
0: Yes, you 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 need to, you do need to know that. Like you said, this is a R-rated um series Experience. and it's not R-rated because of any titillation. It's R-rated because of some of its themes, its language, and its blood. I-, I used to joke about the Invincible comic book that there are literally some issues that are just colored in red. That's like that's yeah. how much blood is on the screen, is it is on the panels. And the the uh, TV series keeps that right in place. And it's interesting, like that prolonged segment that uh, Noah alluded to in in the first episode. In the comic book, it's not prolonged. In, in the comic book, you just walk in on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's happened, you know? So them actually seeing it, it's like, oh, it, it was yeah, amazing.
1: Yeah, I was, amazing. It, it's handling things in a slightly different manner, but just as engaging, I think. I, I, I was surprised, you know, Noel was talking about Sam and how she reacted to the end of the first episode. and. I was—I was so sure Sushan would be in. I was like, "Oh, she's gonna—oh, she's gonna—this this is gonna be cool. She's gonna be surprised." And then um, uh, it was time to watch episode two the next night. I was like, you "Watch Invisible," and she was like, "Nah, you're fine. I, I'm gonna nap." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, all right. <laughs> Never mind. That's cool. Uh, not for everybody, but um, I, I think it's absolutely great." Zach Hilton like, has is re- come-
0: uh, re- real quick because I know you. Want, this is gonna go t- take us someplace else. Just uh, real quick. I also like how they change some of the, the characters just to kind of, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, diversify the visual cast. Let me, who? Um, Amber, the character of Amber. Oh,
1: I forgot Amber. She's a blonde. She's a blonde in the original cartoon, uh, original right. comics. Right. And now she's mm-hmm. a black girl. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the same character. I kind of forgot about Amber. Because right. it's been, you know, it's yeah, you don't see her for a long time since the beginning. Um I like the design of this of, of this Amber. She's cool looking.
0: Yeah, she's cool. And and also I th- if I remember correctly, um the dude with with the Rex Blue, I don't yeah. think he is uh I think they've changed his um ethnicity as well.
1: No, do you because I was wondering myself this entire time, I was like, is Mark and his mom have they always been Asian? Because the way that they're drawn in the comic books, could they, yeah, they, I mean, if you look at them, it's it's not really certain if they're Asian or not, and I don't think it's ever really addressed. So, whenever I was reading the comics, I was never quite sure if it was a, just a artistic choice, like just the way that the, the the characters were designed by the original artist mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who happened to ha- who happened to draw Asian apparent or Asian adjacent features, um, right. Or if it was actually the case, and so um, I don't think I I don't know. I don't know. They certainly never remarked
0: on it if they did, if they were. Which is
1: also great if they if they if they were always Asian and it never came up. Cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Zach. Oh wait. Soon. Robato says soon in the future they're going to make a radiant black animated series. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, JD. What's your thoughts on DC currently as a retailer? Are you concerned that the prices are high or too high? What price point is too high for a monthly floppy? I am concerned. I am concerned. Uh, I think that the prices are getting a little out of hand. And I understand that with these higher price points are more pages. Uh, A lot of the DC uh, books that are going to be coming out are... Anthology series, which uh, have more page count. A lot, a couple of them are like perfect bound, which means they've got that sort of angled spine as opposed to just stapled pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're definitely getting more product. I'm not entirely sure it's still a great idea. Uh, I, I'm of the mind places, that if what are the you had, we're talking about, uh, like six ninety nine.
0: Okay, okay, just five ninety nine, six ninety nine.
1: Um, I, I I'm not, I'm not tickled by it. I'm of the mind. Uh, I remember holding the line at two 99. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think if you had the, the smaller page count, but they were cheaper, you would sell more, mm-hmm. uh, you would because people would be more inclined to try a new series at two 99, they would be five 99 or six 99. So if you're coming into the shop to get this series, series a they may try series b and g right because they're like oh look what's who's this red x guy oh maybe check out this teen titans academy i don't usually read teen titans but that's ah, 2.99 throw that on the pile so uh, i i think I get that siri okay. um so I, I just think that it's a bit too much um i'm not happy with it and i also am not happy with all of the anthology series i don't think many people are that interested in anthology series i might be proved wrong and that'd be fine um and i also think dc has a very large problem with focusing almost too much on batman and superman i know that those are the the that's the butter butters the bread but um it's i think it's too much the same i felt the same way about the animated movies all of them are Superman and blank, or Batman and blank, or you know, or Justice just, League, or Justice League. So uh, I think that they're um, shying away from doing this the the B and C t- tier characters. And of course, you know, Teen Titans Academy came out this week, so that proves me a little bit wrong, right? But I think overall, there's like how many Batman titles we've got? Batman, we've got Detective. We've got Batman, the detective, which is coming out soon. We've got uh, Batman. Um, uh, what's that other one? Batman, Harley Quinn, White Knight. Oh, yeah. you got, like, um, Which the, that um... just that just came to an end. But I'm sure there'll be another one of those. We've got Batman Superman.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to
1: be a Robin series, um, which Next is Batman. Batman Bat Family. You know, what I mean, it's just come on, guys. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Get you. I um, let's see sorry to sidetrack the conversation invincible was extremely good trailer didn't do it justice really well animated Acting is great uh i agree we all agree and uh robin roche at six dollars is pushed for me if the issues aren't larger with better quality i'll have to come back on the books now they are larger with better quality materials so i'll be curious yeah. to see if that keeps you buying them um only takes me so far as a as a reader right and Very Anthony true. Drago says, what the hell is Aftershock doing? Their recent number ones have been 20 pages for $5. I thought they would be oversized issues. I don't think I'm reading any Aftershock books, so I'm not sure. Hi, Kelly.
0: Hey, Kelly. Kelly's in the
1: store. Hi, Kelly. Um, Robert Monroe, if I can get more bang for my buck from movies and books, then that's where my dollars will go. Right? Like, you guys, like, comic books are trying to keep up with video games, television, movies, and they're like, oh, what if we made them more expensive?
2: (laughs) Uh, Further, I I haven't really been listening, but Kelly wanted me to make sure that you knew because she thought you'd be here, not me. So she's leaving now. Wildly disappointed with her decisions today. Yeah, that's all. Understandable. Yeah, if you want to hang out for like a half
1: hour, he'll be here. Just stand there um, quietly for a half hour. And then uh, what, what what am I missing? We got Invincible, Suicide Falcon. Squad, oh, Falcon, oh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm. So, we're going to spoil this. We're going to because it was already spoiled before I even got a chance to watch the episode. So, spoiler alert for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but when this series was starting to be talked about, And the fact that we know at the end of Endgame, Falcon got Caps Shield. Everybody I talked to was like, oh, what do you what do you think it's going to be about? And I was like, I don't know what it's going to be about. I know we're getting um, Baron Zemo. Mm -hmm. What I really hope to touch on is a very cool and realistic, in my opinion, storyline that does not get discussed very much when it comes to the legacy of Captain America and who came first. Right. Uh, it was retcons about a decade or fifteen years ago that Captain America, Steve Rogers, was not the first Captain America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That Isaiah Bradley, yes, Isaiah Bradley was the first Captain America, and much in line with, um, uh, is it the Tuskegee experiments? Yes, the, the U.S.
0: Experiment.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you want to tell the people about the Tuskegee experiments?
0: Uh, the Tuskegee experiment is when the U.S. Uh, U.S. government experimented on uh, U.S. black U.S. Um, I'm, I'm drawing about whether or not they were soldiers, soldiers. or civilians. Yeah, I think it's like it it were it soldiers. Soldiers um, and did like biological experiments or unbeknownst to them um, that. Played out over uh, years, um, it's a it's a dark period in the U.S. government. One of many, Uh <laughs> one of many that has seen the light. And the story of Isaiah Bradley kind of uh, mirrors mirrors that in that in trying to reproduce Captain America, the U.S. government uh, gives the their Version of the super soldier serum to a a black man to test it out first.
1: oh, um, I, I think I'm misremembering it. I, uh, my bad. I was under the impression I, I had remembered it as Isaiah was before Steve before they gave Steve the um the experimental serum. they tried they tested it on Isaiah Bradley. but yeah. that's oh okay, because what you said was after Captain America. They were trying to recreate the formula and tested it on Isaiah Bradley. Oh yeah, I
0: for some reason I thought it was after. Maybe it was before.
2: Wasn't it after Dude. he was in the was it after he was in the ice? Like it was to recreate the like they were trying to recreate. Oh okay. To, they were yeah. testing on soldiers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. I misremembered I thought it was pre-steve, it's post-steve. But in order, yeah, before they tested on their white soldiers, they tested it on black soldiers. Yeah.
2: They did a riff and on that so, too in they did a riff on that too in the Ultimate Universe where um the Ultimate Universe Nick Fury is actually a part of the super soldier
0: yeah. Yeah. program
2: the the infinity um serum in him Formula. and they actually accidentally created X-Men or they accidentally created the mutants yeah. in me yeah that was kind
1: of neat yeah it was revealed yeah. that the the mutants weren't a biological anomaly they were created
2: yeah it was like um, a um it was a it was a biological marker that they tried to what's the word jump start or yeah not enhance like um capitalize Um, on trigger well well, yeah 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 and it just became Um,
1: so when when i heard that they were doing this show we've got black captain america i was really hopeful they would touch on isaiah bradley and sort of um the legacy of that character and lo and behold they friggin did it So I was just just uh, innocently, naively scrolling through my my uh, Facebook feed. And don't you know, Newsarama, big image of truth number one before I got a chance to watch the episode. And I was like, you mother. I'm glad that they're doing it. But boy, was I disappointed that uh, it was spoiled for me ahead of time. It was it was it was like in the morning of the day that the episode drops. Why they do this shit. I mean, I know why they do it because it's clicks um, and engagement. But boy, Mm -hmm. was I disappointed. Um, But in the show itself, not only are they dealing with that, but they have a straight up cops show up. Well, Bucky and and, um, Sam are just having a conversation in the street. Mm -hmm. And the cops pull up. Angry at Sam's existence and making sure that the white guy, Bucky, is, oh, are you okay, sir? Is everything all yeah, right is here? Is he bothering you, sir? Is yeah. he bothering you? Unbelievable. Oh, the fact that they went there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I I am very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think that that is great that they are having the, not only um, the Isaiah Bradley conversation, but just police and mm-hmm. um, profiling mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. What, what did you think, Glenn?
0: Well, their uh, their whole exploration of the real world implications in the Marvel Universe in regards to race is actually to be, it's actually pretty pretty dope and pretty profound in what they're doing um, because it, it, it shows an attention to detail and to storytelling that, you know, you don't... You honestly, if you didn't find it in this... You probably wouldn't miss it because you'd just be getting, you know, get your jollies from the, you know, the, the the super heroics going on around. But it just gives that much more resonance to the characters and to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, like them being stopped and it, the cops stopping them in the street was just like real, real eerie and creepy and real world. You know, um, there was there there were many moments. Like this, there was the moment of when Bucky and Sam are forced to actually finally have a conversation with one another by yeah. Bucky's um, psychiatrist, and you know, Bucky is telling Sam, you know, how he feels he did the wrong thing, and by giving up the shield, and and because Steve gave it to you, and like. You shouldn't have done that, dude. What were you thinking? And I like the Sam Sam sitting there listening to him. And he's like, yo, without even saying that y'all don't know what it is in my shoes to be in my shoes, and what it would have meant for me to be it, have that shield, in you know, who I am in this world. He just says, Y'all don't y'all, you and Steve. Are gonna have to wrap your heads around that I thought I was doing the right thing for me, for the country, and whatever. And then that's it. He didn't have to go into no so long soliloquy because if you were a black man watching that, you knew exactly where he was coming from. And I appreciated them just going there. It as they went there everywhere with the, the whole. Way that things play out with Isaiah Bradley and why he is so mad and at, mm-hmm. at, um, at the stage of his life that he is. This is a guy who they say it. He was superheroing for the government, but is now living in the ghetto. He is living in a ransacked house, you know, uh, obviously like bo- riddled with looks like pain from whatever they did to him um whatever they did to him and what they had him do just the story that was just there in mm-hmm. just those mere minutes with with the character right just really some some good storytelling i mean yes is there action in this in this episode sure or do we see more of the um the us agent um yes you see the New Bucky slash battlestar, you know, these are characters ripped straight from the comics. So they've been there before. Um, and the riff on on those characters are interesting as well. So that's dope and that's fun, and it's it's comic books coming to life right before your eyes. Um, but that and then just the, the real-world stuff just blended in, it's Again, classic Marvel TV, classic Marvel comics coming to come into life on, pay, on on the screen. And and fuck you, Marvel, you did it again. They Good did. Story. They did. I love that they are using these
1: television shows as a way to slow it down mm-hmm. and deal with ramifications of their films. Um, the emotional and societal ramifications. Uh, Just, you know, the the whole Wanda vision was about grief and Mm -hmm. she's not a perfect character. She's she was a superhero. She had to deal with the PTSD and the grief that come from being a superhero in this world. And now we're dealing with race relations and um, police. I want to say brutality, but like profiling the fact that these cops had their hands on their pistols when addressing Sam, but then yeah. as soon as they, they start dealing with um, Bucky, oh, sorry, sir, you know, oh, we have to take you in because your court mandated blah, 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 oh, and they were very apologetic to the white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just didn't, They the only, the only time they treat Sam differently is when they realize he's a celebrity, basically, yeah. right? right.
2: Um, no. I don't know if, I don't, like, I'm sorry, I'm just joining and I was only half listening here and there, but there's a couple things about talking to the one show that I don't know if you guys have talked about yet. I know that you talked about Isaiah Bradley which I thought was fantastic. Um, but um, two scenes that explicitly kind of stuck out to me in this episode that I'm glad happened well three scenes. Um, the first one being John Walker he's not a foil. well he's a foil, but he's not an antagonist like okay. he has very earnest intentions and and origins like he is a full character. He's not just a force that to deal with, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, they're probably going to turn him bad, and it's going to be misunderstanding and blah blah blah. But either way, as it stands, I like where he comes from. His very quick—it's a—it's a very economic storytelling. How quickly they ingratiated me to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the therapy scene with both Bucky and Falcon yeah, was yeah. phenomenal, and not just the the hilarity about it, but. Bucky being able to express that if you didn't take the shield, that means ever all this other house of cards falls away, and I'm just fucking assassin. I'm nobody yeah. because it all is tied to choices that 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 Steve makes. Like he judges himself based off of what Steve thinks. So Steve thought I was salvageable and he thought you should be captain. If you can't be captain, then I'm not salvageable, which I thought was. Yeah. An amazing emotional uh, beat for the character made me love him more, and then yeah, the, I, I think you guys have talked about it the um, the black falcon conversation. He's just like, It's just falcon, it's not, not black falcon, yeah. Are you- are you black black kid? Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that, that was great. Um, but I love the show, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you were talking, Len, about uh, falcon's response to that because I felt the weight of what. Winter Soldier was saying, what Bucky was saying in that therapy session, I thought that a, li- a little bit of their, um, it felt like, um, what's the word I want to look for? Um, Yeah, I guess needling each other, but it felt very improv-y of like the two of them having to put their knees between each other's knees mm-hmm. and stuff and moving. And it was just like, they're trying a little bit too hard to like antagonize each other um, in a way that felt fake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like not those actual characters. It just felt like they're doing a gag while they're filming, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you were talking about uh, the what Winter Soldier says and how he is so haunted by his mistakes and what he did while he was under um, mind control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact that the only thing that sort of is keeping him together is the fact that Steve, this paragon of morality, believed in him. And mm-hmm. so when we're dealing with Falcon and, and Falcon just being like, nah, he was wrong. I don't want it. And then his re- his reaction to Bucky sort of pouring his heart out to him was almost like tough titty toenails, bro. Can we go work? We're not gonna have to deal with each other ever again. I'm out, I don't care about this. I was a little disappointed in that character for having that response, but you were saying as a black man, that read as true. Yes, Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, It it, it it read as true to me because, you know, I know what you went through. You went through some shit, right? I went through shit too. I'm going through shit. Me with that shield would have been me opening myself and my family up to shit. So I knew that for me, the best thing for me to do was to not be carrying that shield right now. Especially when, admittedly, in his mind, if I'm not carrying the shield, so now the shield just becomes this symbol that people can look to. He's not thinking that they're, you know, the US government is also going to be putting this in somebody else's hands. You know what I mean? Um and you also have to remember, if I remember, there was at least a line item about the US government kind of like coming after him for the shield, too. So he's thinking like he's doing the right thing. He never thinking that, oh, they just gonna put it in somebody else's hand as well. And yeah. all that is left unsaid is not that he's not doesn't feel for Bucky, he does, but he also is like, I hear you. Now hear the shit that I'm, I'm dealing with. Oh, but and see, y'all that's ever that's, see that.
1: that's my thing though. Is that like he doesn't do that? He doesn't open himself up to Bucky the way that Bucky opens himself up to him. I guess oh, yeah. maybe because he's working. He's you know in the middle of working on therapy and getting to that place um, that he can say those things. But I'm hoping. I, I wonder is that is that information coming? eventually from Sam or are we just, we're just inferring that from his, I don't, can we get on with the job? I don't have time for this. We don't have to deal with each other ever again after this.
2: I read it that way. I read it it that way. You don't understand. And it was, it proceeded right after the scene with the cops. So Mm -hmm. I, I did read it that way of like, Mm -hmm. you don't understand. It's not just choosing a job. It's not just like making a promise. It's literally, it was, it was a very short, you don't understand how race works. Right. Mm -hmm. Conversation. Like it's not as simple as taking on a shield. It's, it's much more complicated with me question me having to deal with everyone's questioning of my validity as a human, let alone. There we go. uh, Taking over the mantle. I was, my point is we,
1: we three, the viewers get that. Are they going to make that explicit for other viewers is my question.
0: I don't know. See what I mean? No, I hear you. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't maybe touch on it again. Um, no. But I like that it's... It, I like that they didn't hit it over the head here. Because okay. because to Sam's point, there was a ticking clock. We have right. taken this pause, and there is a very serious ticking clock. Because he doesn't say... You know, I, he saying, like, let's deal with what we gotta deal with. And then we don't have to deal with e- each other anymore. You can deal with your stuff. Yeah. God bless you. And I'll go deal with my stuff. God bless me. But let's work together and 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 and
1: yeah.
0: and go and, and go to work. I hear you I like- I'm, here, I'm here for this security, this therapy session. This was great. Fun. Are we done? I'm
1: hoping. I like that as the beginning of the series. I'm hoping by the end of the series, they make up. <laughs> you know, we
0: got four more episodes.
1: Think, oh, that's it. Four. There's only four more episodes.
2: Yeah, there's six, yeah, well, there's well, six yeah, total. Six hours. six total. You so it's,
0: mother. So there's only four more.
2: Yeah, they they were doing a thing where it's kind of the same amount of time as uh, Wandavision, except that they're longer episodes, more like a mm-hmm. procedural drama. So there's oh. like forty forty five hour, like forty five to an hour long episodes six of them versus nine half hour to 45 minute episodes. It just kind of all evens out. But Um, yeah, I I hope like this is, this is just a protracted buddy cop movie. So like, we're still in the first act where they still are like foils against each other. Yeah.
1: Um, It's Turner and Hooch.
2: Right now, no, I mean, right now, then, uh, then, right now then, the dog is still chewing on the inside of the car. Well, I mean, and we haven't and gotten Bucky, to Bucky is the uh, animal is the untrained animal in this instance, right. too. Because yeah, was was that not obvious. Bucky's yeah. Bucky's yeah. yeah, Ruffy's huge or Bucky's huge. Yeah. Very inaudible. Lots of terrors.
1: Uh, John Walker is probably going to suffer so, side effects from the super soldier serum. Um, like Blonsky in the Incredible Hulk says, uh, action figure expert. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have the super soldier serum yet. I have a feeling because he keeps failing as Captain America, he's going to start dosing.
2: Mm. Um, So I I have a feeling it's going to be something like that, but more so we've got, now we know that there's eight successful other super soldiers thinking that it was completely lost which is a thread point or it's a plot thread that they left dead their civil war Mm -hmm. like the secret to the super soldier serum was there in that that mountain cavern oh yeah in 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 in, by Hydra, but then uh zemo shot all of the soldiers in that in the head however Mm -hmm. that tech and that information we don't know where it is so I think the existence of these eight other super soldiers that are flag smashers is going to precipitate John Walker, either the government putting him in the situation or him putting himself in the situation to dose. Yeah, but as of right as it stands right now, he's got nothing. He's just he's just a dude like Falcon.
1: Someone pointed out um, uh, they like that John Walker is is good. He's like trying his hardest, and he is pretty good with the shield better better with the shield than I anticipated a regular guy would be uh, but they pointed out that the way he uses the shield is bunk one person bunk one person bunk one person as opposed to cap you know steve who was like ding 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 ding, ding. he would like knock out 10 people with one th- shield throw and this is guy just like one 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 um although he does the, do that really cool scene uh that's really cool move where his bucky whose name is I forgot Battlestar, Battlestar, Battle where Battlestar is falling off the truck and he throws the shield to catch him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think it's great. It's a great series, and I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm that not more episodes. Hey, was that Eli
0: um, Bradley? Yeah, I think that's certainly yeah. Yeah, so just, I, I have a feeling that that kid who was it. in
1: the house is going to be um, Patriot. Patriot from the Young Avengers. Sounds like they're Mm -hmm. setting up Young Avengers, which I am 100% here for. Yeah, man. They're
2: just checking off all these boxes, all these characters that are stature, um, Kate Bishop, uh, Eli Bradley, the twins. Like, just Mm -hmm. keep checking off these boxes. Ironheart, we can make her a Young Avenger. Why the hell not?
1: Yeah. Um, Anything else before we wrap it up for the day? Nope. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for the last couple of hours. It's always a pleasure. Join us every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. where we will do it all again. You can join us at 2 p.m. on Tuesdays where I do an unboxing video and I show you all the different stuff that's coming out at my local comic shop, at your local comic shop, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. And uh, we also throw up Thunder Rounds where we review books for about 60 seconds just for shits and giggles. Um, I'm going to try and team up with Glenn the Bat Tribble here to do a Batman, the untold tales of Batman miniseries review. That is a book uh, I bought in digest form off the rack when I was a kid. And it was one of my first experiences of Batman. And it was like a retelling of his origin story after crisis. And there's some kooky stuff in there, um, mm-hmm. by, uh, John Byrne and Jim Aparo, uh, artwork, which is very cool. So, um, I guess that's it. Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. We love you. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror.
2: Oh, it's so spooky!
1: And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's
0: Hero Complex in
1: Nanyang, PA. This yeah. <laughs> is Go, oh, go, oh, go, oh, go, oh, oh.